Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. about our upcoming um, uh, Encounter the Supernatural meeting. Um, I tell you, we just had such a powerful time in uh, our service on yesterday. Had a wonderful time there in the Orlando area. Uh, God really, really blessed. And uh, one of the things that I get joy out of uh, doing these prophetic trainings, which we're going to change the name from prophetic trainings to train in the supernatural one of the things that, that fascinates me is when people, uh, God start using them when they never knew that they could be used. It's like they they, they, they be so surprised. Some some people don't even believe it because it just don't seem, God, me, God's using me. He can't use me, but that is the will of God for all of his children. God has uh, always, from the time you became born again, it's not you all's fault. It is our fault. That's our. It is the preachers, those that is called for to fivefold ministry gifts. It's our fault because we was taught wrong. I was leaders taught wrong, and everything was basically about you had to fast, you had to pray, you had to do this, you had to do this in order for you to hear the voice of God. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. That's works. That's the I'm still trying to do something in order to hear the voice of God. Your children don't have to do anything to hear your voice. So why will you and I have to do anything to hear the voice of our Father? We really don't. But we had a wonderful time there in Mount Dora uh, with our spiritual son and daughter there, the uh, Crusines. Uh, God really blessed, spoke with him this morning, said they had a powerful time uh, this morning. Usually that's what happens when we go into a church and we do a training in a church, uh, and not people coming to us, but we go to them. Their Sunday morning uh, services be uh, powerful. Uh, I'm going to tell you why it'd be so powerful, because of the atmosphere, what has been imparted in the atmosphere. And see, what people don't realize and understand the atmosphere can be charged. The atmosphere can be changed. Uh, well, you and I have the power and the authority to change atmospheres. One of the things that uh, we share uh, with people from time to time is uh, understanding that um, uh, when you move, you go into a building from time to time and you're picking up things, many times people think it's them, but it's not them. It's the atmosphere. And this thing is pressing on you, and you think it's, it's, you think it's you, but it's really not you. So, therefore, uh, we were sharing some of those principles. And just, just a powerful time going out, supernatural evangelism. Uh, it was dynamic. I really enjoyed myself, and it was good back being here uh, in Panorama. And God really graced us with his presence on, uh, on yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the week. This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
Uh, we'll be having our Encounter in the Supernatural meeting with uh, Bishop uh, Demetrius Senegal, uh, tremendous prophet of God uh, that God has raised up uh, in this last day and time, uh, flows in the gifts of the Spirit powerfully, uh, the prophetic, more words of knowledge, and uh, demonstration of the power of God in signs, wonders, and notable miracles. We'll be having also Pastor Brigham, uh, Howard Brigham, a uh, revivalist, dynamic man of God, anointed man of God. You do not want to miss these meetings. Listen, uh, God is doing something, and we want you to be a part of what God is doing. Uh, uh, by no means that uh, what God is doing with us is we are the only ones. God's doing something with those whose, whose heart is bent towards him. So we want you to invite uh, your families and friends, but especially those that need a breakthrough, especially those that need an encounter with the Lord, an encounter with the Holy Spirit, those that is challenged in their bodies. If you know someone is challenged in relationships, if you know someone that is challenged in their finances, this is going to be a supernatural meeting, ladies and gentlemen. This is a supernatural meeting, a meeting that's been set aside for the manifestation and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning of spirits, gifts of faith, gifts of healings, workings of miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. I personally believe that the grace of God that's going to be made manifest in these meetings, I believe the Holy Ghost is going to fall on all of us. I believe the Spirit of God is going to propel us into new dimensions. In God, new dimensions in the realm of the spirit. Oh, I felt the stirring as I just said that I just got a glimpse. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to be in this meeting. You need to be upon the, the grace of God that is upon these men of God that's going to be released. The kingdom of God shall be demonstrated. The kingdom of God shall be advanced in these meetings. You need to be in these meetings. So, therefore... Call your friends up, those of you that is online, uh, those of you that's on chat. Uh, uh, call somebody up. Invite them to be uh, a part of the program today. Um, looking forward to uh, sharing the heart and the mind uh, of the Lord uh, 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 for today. I believe you're going to be encouraged. You're going to be challenged. And we just believe that God is going to open up our eyes and allow us to see some things that we never seen before. Or understand some things, uh, understand why you and I have been feeling the way we've been feeling or uh, experience some of the things we're experiencing. Uh, always understand that nothing can happen unless God give permission. Said again, nothing can happen unless God give permission. So therefore, those that desire to call in have any questions, you can call in our 1-800 number, which is 877-537-3321. Once again, our call-in number for questions, uh, 800 Eight seven seven five three seven three three two one, and our regular call-in number is area code three four seven two three seven five four nine three. Uh, uh, just want to join us and be with us, and and let's see what the heart of the mind of the Lord is today. Uh, um, this broadcast today came out of uh, 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 I had a, received a text. Uh, from someone that's uh, uh, one of my uh, leaders, members of our church, and I pray that they are listening. 
uh, uh, with us at this time. Uh, and the reason I want to bring this out, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got it's time for us to grow. We need to grow, and uh, we got to. We we can't constantly deal with the same old, same old. When are we, you and I, going to go beyond the same old, same old, the regular? And and we've been saved five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, and we still have not mastered the elementaries, the fundamentals. And yet, you, we want to be leaders. We want to be in leadership. We want to lead people. When we we have not mastered ourselves, I don't want to use the word master. We cannot discern ourselves. We need to know us. I need to know me. I need to understand what is happening to me. Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? And 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 and, and, and let me ask you this question: Those of you that is leaders that is listening to me. Those just called into leadership. Those just leaders in your church. Uh, you may be a leader, whatever the capacity may be, but you in some kind of form of leadership in your church. Let me ask you this question here: Do you in bring encouragement to your man or woman of God when they're around you? Do they feel the strength of Jesus when they're around you? Do they feel faith? Your faith uh, stir their faith up. See, the problem with the church today that we have, we have weak leaders, leaders that want to lead people but always draining and sucking the life out of their leader. We don't see that with David's men. David's men became men of valor, men of authority, men of power. When we begin to read in Chronicles, when when uh, they came to make David king, the Bible gave a history of the men that was with David. One of the men uh, 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 fought a giant just like David did, took the spear from the giant and killed the giant with his own spear. Another another one of David's men killed the lion with his bare hands. I mean, it goes on and on. Another man stood in the midst of a bean patch and defended a bean patch. These are men of strength. Do you think how, how do you think David felt being around men like that? I, I mean, he had to be encouraged to see them come from nobodies and became mighty men of valor. And think about it. If you've been around your leader for over three years, I'm going to use the standard three, no more than five, and you still is the same way. You have to ask yourself, the why am I the same way? And if your leader is not that way, why am I the same way if my leader is not this way? Do my leader talk the way I talk? Is my le- do my leader bow down to the things I bow down to? And if I've been around my leader a minimum of three to five years, then I have to examine myself. Something is wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, God is a God of relationship, and relationships about impartation. God never called you to a relationship. He has to call you to the relationship. And if I'm struggling, most likely it is a revelation because I am not submitted. And see, we can trick ourselves that I am submitted. Anytime you submit to something, you become just like what you submit to. 
Let me give you a scripture to back that up. Just come to my spirit at this present time. I think of the book of John. The book of John. Let me see. Can I find it here? John chapter 5. John chapter 5. And we want to look at verse 44. Well, that's not the one uh, I, I want to look at. Let's go to 8. I think it's 8. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Let's look at this thing here, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the church to grow up. If we're going to flow in the supernatural, ladies and gentlemen, the supernatural starts with me. Me encountering the supernatural Holy Spirit who lives within me. Me submitting to the supernatural Holy Spirit who lives within me. Me being governed by the supernatural Holy Spirit who lives in me. It's a choice. Romans, I'm saying that Romans, John chapter 8. And we want to look at I still don't have it here. Verse, I was looking at seven there. Verse, here it is. Verse 44. Notice what Jesus says here in the word of the Lord in John chapter 8, verse 44. He said, you are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. What he says, the will of your father, the desires of your father, you want to do. Then he goes on to talk about their father. He was a murderer, liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. I think I'm, I think I'm mixing this up. Okay, no, I went to another verse there. Let me read it again. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own uh, resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, let's, let's break this principle down. Let's break this pattern down, ladies and gentlemen. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. Now, let's forget about the devil right now. Let's break it down, starting with the heavenly father and your spiritual father. You are of your father, God. How do I know that? And the desires of your father you want to do. Whoever desires you want to do reveals who my father is. If my spiritual father, Dr. Brown is my spiritual father, then I should want to do his desires by me being, being his son and up under his authority. It's a different picture now since... Uh, I have my own church now. I'm leading the people now, so it's a different. But when I was up under him, the, re the revelation of him being my father was doing his desires. What was his desire? There's many things he desired me to do I didn't want to do. But because he was my father, I yielded and submitted my desire to his desire. I relinquished my desire for his desire. That qualifies me to receive impartation. That qualifies me 
to receive what God has developed in the man, it qualified me to receive an impartation of that, to receive a dimension of that, my obedience. So let me give you an example. Now, if, if my father is not fearful and I'm fearful, then that should show me something is wrong with me. It shows me, shows God, if we understand the principle, it shows me and shows God that I am not submitted to the authority that God has placed in my life. Because, think about it, ladies and gentlemen, the, the, Jesus says you will be able to do what I do, and greater works than these you should be able to do. Who was he talking to? He wasn't talking to all of humanity. He was talking to his disciples. Now, we want to break this relationship thing down because it's very important. And one of the main things in, in, in Panorama, the church that God has graced us to pastor, the people that's been around me from time to time, this, is, this has come a, a, a buzzword, but we think it's spiritual, but it's not spiritual. It's a, it's a form of defeat. And, and this is a, you know, the devil warped my mind. The devil warped my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, that's his job. The why are we why are we confessing it? Why are we articulating it? Why are we telling want to tell somebody your leader the devil walked my mind about you? Great, wonderful. You should be rejoicing because the devil is a devil of purpose. God is a God of purpose. The devil will never bombard your mind or word your mind just to bombard your mind and word your mind. He, he, he has an aim. There's a purpose why he's bombarding your mind. And, he, and especially, you've got to understand something. The devil will never bombard your mind about something that means nothing. The devil will never bombard your mind about something that is worthless. The devil will never bombard your mind about something that is meaningless. If the devil is bombarding your mind about your spouse, that means your spouse has some value. There, there, there's something that God wants to do with this relationship with you and your spouse. And so the devil's ultimate goal is to try to get you to abort it because he wants to bombard your mind. That's his job. So therefore, the devil is bombarding your mind about anybody, any human being, any man, woman, boy, and girl, it's because there's some value there. There's some value in that relationship. And the devil do not want you to submit or to connect. I'm going to say it again. He don't want you to submit or to connect. Because the devil understands um, connection. Anytime you connect with something, it's birth something. Nothing connects just to connect. But every connection calls a reaction. A change reaction. You ever notice when you, you, you put some food cover in water? A change takes place. Every time you put meat in the oven, a change takes place. So, so anytime there's a connection, it is designed to cause a change reaction. It's designed to produce something. Jesus said, me and my father is one. I'm connected with him. 
What's the evidence? The works that you see me do, it is not me. It is the Father. If I wasn't connected to the Father, you think I'll be able to do this? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Do you think the devil bombarded Jesus' mind? Absolutely. Absolutely. In the wilderness of temptation, every time he confronted Jesus with something, he was bombarding Jesus' mind. What did Jesus do? He pulled down strongholds. He cast down imaginations. In every high thing that exalted itself above the knowledge of God. He brought into captivity every thought to the beings of Christ. We're going to look at that scripture in a few minutes here. It's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to stop asking people, pray for my mind. The devil bombarded my mind. But yet, out of one mouth, you'll tell everybody you got authority and you have power. Then use your authority against that devil that is bombarding your mind. I have to do that thing almost every day, ladies and gentlemen. When the devil put a thought in my mind concerning my wife, my children, I say, you lying devil. My wife is the woman of God that God has ordained upon and known her to be. My wife is the mother that God has called her to be. My wife is the wife that God called her to be. My wife is the, the, the woman of God that God has called her You need to learn how to talk to the devil. And usually when the devil talks to you, he talks to you when something has transpired between you and your spouse or you and your pastor, you and your boss, you and your children. And so therefore, he's trying to get you to see everything not from the light of the scripture or the light of heaven, but from the light of this realm. Let me give you something, something that the Lord gave me. I think it's going to be a blessing to you today. Uh, now, now, those of you that have any questions, that this is going, this is going to help us. It's going to help us. If you have a question, our one eight hundred call in number is eight seven seven five three seven three three two one. If you have a question, I see quite a few of you on, online uh, today and on chat today. Uh, uh, regular call in number is area code three uh, four seven two three seven five four nine three. Now, I want to break this thing down to you, ladies, of how this thing works. And God has really graced me in this area. I'm going to tell you how he graced me, through failure, through me falling flat on my face, sinning against God, and crying to God, help me to understand why did I fall? How did I fail in this situation? Ladies and gentlemen, when your heart is right before God, he will educate you. He will train you. And that's what I've done. And I'm not ashamed to say I have bloated, made mistakes, failed, errored. Because it's designed to help somebody. I'm going to give you a definition of, of a word, disposition. Because this is how this thing works. I'm going to give you the definition of the word, what? Disposition. Now, it's very important because our disposition reveals something. Anytime the enemy come and bombard, bombard me, he come and my disposition concerning whatever happened it reveals something about me. It reveals something about me. And this is one of the reasons I personally believe, this is what I personally believe when I look in the scripture. I don't believe any of us, any of us that is apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers should be 
set in a position without us experiencing levels and measures of victory over ourselves. This is how it works. And we and, and, and understand, you and I can never gain victory ourselves by ourselves. If I'm going to experience victory over E.J. McKenzie, it is because E.J. McKenzie has come to the place that I have submitted and yielded that dimension of myself to the Lord, and he has nailed it to the cross. And I have experienced the Holy Spirit in that area. That's the only way it works, ladies and gentlemen. Let me give a definition of the word disposition. An attitude of mind. An attitude of mind. Especially one that favors one alternative over others. But I like this other one here. I like this other definition here. A natural or acquired, a natural or acquired habit or characteristics tendency in a person or thing. So what is, what, when, when the enemy begins to bombard me, what is my attitude? When the devil starts talking to me about my wife, what is my attitude? What is my natural or acquired habit? What is the, uh, uh, the, the characteristics that's been developed in me through practice? practice? The more you practice that, it develops into a habit. So, so this is how this is this is a form of spiritual warfare as well. Disposition, once again, an attitude of mind, an attitude of mind. We just leave it right there. An attitude of mind. The second definition: a natural or acquired habit or characteristics, tendencies in a person or thing. So, 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 what is the habit? What is the natural disposition? What is the acquired disposition? What is the acquired uh, characteristics that's been developed in me? So when, other words, uh, when I first got saved and the devil bombarded me concerning Dr. Brown, before God released me to launch out into ministry and start ministering myself, what was my disposition and attitude at that time? Was there a difference in the beginning of my relationship with Dr. Brown and the ending of my relationship with Dr. Brown from the perspective of me being lunched? If not, then I was lunch. I was not lunched by God. I lunched myself because I never grew. I never grew. How do I handle when the devil bombarded my mind concerning Kathy? Do, when he bombarded me when I first married her, and we've been married 25 years, do I handle it the same way I did in the beginning? I do now in 25 years. That means I have not grown. That means, uh, that means uh, there have not been a development in uh, my, my characteristics or my disposition. It hasn't changed. Let me give you a definition, definition of the word attitude. This is a good one here. A complex mental state involving beliefs and feelings, and values, and dispositions to act in a certain way. That's good. A complex mental state involving beliefs. And you got to understand how this thing works. This is how the devil really gets us. we got to get it. we got to get it. And I remember, I remember times... Um, uh, 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 Dr. Brown would ask me questions about myself. I used to kind of get frustrated. I didn't like him asking me questions. And the reason I didn't like him asking me questions because I really didn't know the answer. Anybody, nobody don't mind people asking you a question when you, you know the an answer. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to impress him. 
because I'm, I'm his son, and I don't want to uh, appear to be ignorant, and I don't want to appear to be stupid. And that's exactly what I was. I didn't know how to be real. Well, that I don't know. One of the things I shared with one of my spiritual sons, uh, he wasn't my spiritual son when he first came to this ministry. And uh, 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 he's my spiritual son now. And I shared this, I shared this with him. He said he remembers this. I totally forgot. I don't remember stuff. I'd be telling people. Uh, he said, one of the things that uh, I said to him, that I'm not impressed by anything. I'm not impressed by people's gifts, talents. I'm not impressed by people's money. I'm not impressed by things that people have. The only thing that impressed me is a man's relationship with God. He said, I stuck with him. He said, whoa, wow. He shared it with me. And, and, and the only reason is because God has pressed, processed me through that. Now listen to this definition again. Once again, this, this is good. This is so good. Attitude. Attitude. What kind of attitude do I have right now? What kind of attitude do you have when you sit up under the word of God? What kind of attitude do you have when you're conversating with your children, your spouse, or whoever the case may be? Are you conscious of your attitude? Are you aware of your attitude? So many of us, we are not conscious of ourselves. We're conscious of everybody else, but we're not conscious of ourselves. The Bible says a man that does not control his own spirit, he's like a city that is without the walls. Do you understand? That means anybody can invade and capture the city. What protects the city is his walls. So therefore, if I don't control my own spirit, I am like a city that is without walls, and the devil can come and invade E.J. McKenzie every time. So I have to come to the place and I start to grace me to be to discipline myself, to be conscious of myself, to 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 make sure that my walls is up, that I can control E. J. McKenzie. Attitude. A complex mental state involving beliefs, feelings, and values and disposition to act in a certain way. Anytime any of us act in any kind of way. It's only revealing the state of my mental beliefs at that time, or feelings at that time, or values at that time, or disposition at that time. Next, next circumstances and situation, ladies and gentlemen, everything external is only designed to reveal my internal state. I'm going to say it again. External pressure is designed to reveal my internal state. It reveals I'm in a state of, of, of the spirit, a spiritual state, or a carnal state. And there's no in-between. I'm either in a spiritual state or a carnal state. Spiritual state or carnal state. Spiritual state or carnal state. All of us, ladies and gentlemen, except the sinner. The sinner is always in a carnal state or a natural state. They can't be in a spiritual state, but they're not born again. So all of us in that kind of state. Listen to the second definition of the word, attitude. A settled way of thinking. Settled. A settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something. And the reason I'm bringing this out, because, ladies and gentlemen, this is how warfare operates. 
Satan's ultimate goal is to get me to believe a lie concerning you. His ultimate goal is to get you to believe a lie concerning me. Because you can, you and I could never, ever go beyond what we believe. Your belief and my belief, everyone's belief system is designed to empower or disempower you. What you believe, what the scripture says, all things are possible to them that believe. What you believe, what I believe, is going to be revealed how I act towards you. What is my attitude towards you reveals what I believe about you. And this is where the maturity and the immaturity comes in in the body of Christ. The majority, we, we, we don't know how to govern ourselves. We're dominated by our feelings, and we're dominated by our emotions. That means our soul has not been placed to, uh, been led to the cross. Well, I can't say it hasn't been led to the cross. We have not allowed the Holy Spirit to lead us to the cross. The Bible says that a man have to, according to the word of the Lord, he said, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. He who seeks to save his life will lose it. But he who seeks to lose it will save it. How do that work? We love to preach it. We love to teach it. We love to talk about it. But how does it work? I'll tell you how it works. Catholics do something, say something that goes against the grain of my belief system. I don't like how she responded to me. And the majority of husbands <laughs> is challenged in that area. I don't like the way she responded. I don't like how she said what she said. Now, God just put me in a situation to save or to lose my life. He just put me in a situation to save my life or to lose my life. But if I do not respond in defending myself, protecting myself, or if I don't respond to putting a demand on my position as the husband, then I lost my life. If I do put a demand, I just save my life. If I saved it, that means I'm going to lose it. That means I did not tap into the life of God that's on the inside of me. I just lost an opportunity. I just forfeited an opportunity to tap into the life of Christ that's on the inside of me. I failed. I failed. I failed. God is putting you and I in a life and death situation every day. A life and death situation there. The Bible said, Paul said, I die daily. But when you and I refuse to defend ourselves, then we experience the death to our flesh and experience the life of Christ. We got to understand how it works. We got to understand how it works. If I am a leader over people and I am emo emotionally unstable, I'm going to hurt people. I'm going to hurt people, ladies and gentlemen. Now, why? Because um, all the thoughts that come into my mind is going to be, they're going to be induced by my emotion, going to be induced by a soul that is not saved. And the Bible talks about the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our soul. The engrafted word of God, so you can preach it, but it's never been engrafted. You can teach it, but never been engrafted. 
You can confess that word, but it has never been engrafted. He says, able to save your soul. My spirit is saved. Your spirit is saved. But your soul is not saved until the word of God has been engrafted. And how is the word of God engrafted in my soul to save my soul? It's the application of the word. When my emotions are stirred, my feelings are stirred, and I make a decision, an act of my will, to do what the word of God says do in the midst of this situation, then the word is engrafted. Then I experience salvation of my soul. Are you getting this, ladies and gentlemen? My prayer to God that this is helping us today because the enemy's ultimate goal is to capture you. His ultimate goal is to capture me. Listen to the scripture here, if you will. Listen to the scripture, if you will. Now, let, let me give you, uh, I didn't finish that definition uh, of attitude. A settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something. Typically, one that is reflected in a person's behavior. In a person's behavior. I have never saw so much immaturity in, 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 in my life. And God really can have me shield a lot when I was growing up under Dr. Brown. But the stuff that I see that is taking place, uh, and I'm not talking about making mistakes or sinning, whatever the case may be, because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm talking about the consistent behavior of us leaders. I'm talking about us. I'm putting myself in the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, who's leading and governing God's people. We don't believe God. But we put the demand on the people to believe God, but we don't believe God. We put the demand on the people to trust God, and we don't trust God. That's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. We put a demand on the people to forgive, but we don't forgive. We put a demand on the people to love unconditionally, but we don't love unconditionally. It's amazing to me. Us. And but we lead in God's people. Do you not understand when that takes place, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to give you the scripture. I want to give you the word of the Lord. God has put a demand on us to grow up because the supernatural got to be released. The supernatural, God's kingdom will be advanced in the earth realm. God has sons and daughters, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to go forth in great strength and great power in this last hour. And what you do not understand is this right here, ladies and gentlemen. Please listen to me. Those of you that are online, those in chat, what you don't understand, he's preparing you for something that is so big, so great, so awesome, so dynamic, it will blow your natural mind. And the devil don't want you to come forth. He don't want me to come forth. The greatest, the greatest weapon in the universe, ladies and gentlemen, against the devil is love. It's love. And all of us have the love of God on the inside of us. But love is the act of the will. I hear people talk about it all the time. They preach it, teach it, but don't live it. They struggle with loving people that's hurt them. They struggle with loving people that's wounded them. And you understand the thing about it? Hypocrisy. You know why? Because all of us has wounded God. Every first human being on the face of this earth has hurt God, has wounded God, has grieved the Holy Spirit. And you mean to tell me that we can't love somebody that's hurt us? I'm going to tell you why. It's pride. Pride blinds us. Pride cannot see itself. Pride see everybody else, but pride can never see itself. Pride tells you you are right. You, 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 you did wrong, but you didn't do the wrong that they did. That's how pride talked to you. Pride says, you see how they sin? Oh, yeah, you sin, but you didn't do that sin. When the Bible doesn't know all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, 
all have sinned, and he didn't name all have did big sins and come short of the glory of God, and all some did little sins, but they almost made it. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let me read the scripture to you, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's going to help us to see how Satan operates. We've got to understand the manipulation of the powers of darkness. In Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 26, before I get there, we see people online. You, you may have some questions for me. Press the number one button. Uh, those that have a question uh, today or chat, I can see you today. Uh, uh, those in chat uh, uh, don't know who you are, but uh, uh, the chat is up. And all you got to do is uh, uh, type in your question. Uh, we will not be typing you back, but we will answer it live online. And those of you that's online that desire a question, just press the one button and ask your question. But Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty six says, "And uh, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil." Who is uh, uh, Paul writing to here? Paul is writing, ladies and gentlemen. I see we got a question here, but which I finish this here, if you will. Paul is writing to the church, not sinners, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Now, this is the most fascinating thing about spiritual warfare. You can be captive, taken captive, and don't know you're taken captive. That, that's the most fascinating thing to me, that, that you've been taken captive, but you don't know you're captive, but you believe everybody else is taken captive. That's the power of deception and the power of spiritual warfare. That's why we need to be in accountable relationships. None of us see everything. It's not a human being on the face of the earth see everything. The greatest prophet in the world don't see everything. But we have a relationship with the Lord. We have a relationship with the Lord. And through that relationship with the Lord, we have a relationship with one another. And as we have a relationship with one another, then we're able to be able to... All right, area code 786-437-48. What is your question? Area code 786. You're online. You have a question. Unless you press it by mistake. Okay. Uh, no problem. We go back, amen, to our lesson here. So you could be taken captive. Uh, uh, by uh, the enemy. And so, therefore, how, do he, how does the enemy capture you and I? How does the enemy take a man captive? Let's look at another scripture, if you will. I think it will uh, 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 help you and I understand some things here. Now, we know the scripture, Proverbs 23, 7, says, as he thinketh in the heart, so is he. As he thinketh, so is he. As he thinketh, so is he. So if I can change the man's thoughts, I can change the man. If I just get the man to think wrong about somebody, think wrong contrary to how God thinks about the person, then I can capture the man. So that means then the devil captures people by the thoughts. He injects, projects thoughts into the mind. And when you accept those thoughts as truth, then he has captured you. Because as a man thinketh, so is the man. So, but watch it right here. How can I believe a lie? How can I accept a negative thought in my mind about someone? I'm going to tell you how. And this is good. Because what it does, ladies and gentlemen, it reveals 
my spirituality or lack of spirituality. It reveals if I'm carnal or am I spiritual. Because if I'm spiritual, what's going to happen when a thought comes into my mind, immediately my disposition, my belief was going to expose the lie. The thought that entered in that is contrary. Automatically, the Holy Spirit, because if I'm more spiritual, that means I'm governed by the Spirit. And when that thought entered my mind, I said, no, 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 you lying devil. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm not telling you something that I have not lived. I have experienced this, and I walk with this uh, with, my, with my own self. When the devil thoughts, thoughts in my mind that's trying to make me to doubt what God has promised me and doubt what God has said about me, when the devil tries to throw thoughts in my mind, if I get pain, in, I have a pain in my body or something, you try to throw a thought in my mind, immediately you've got to deal with it. Immediately you must deal with it. Immediately you must deal with it. When the devil shoots thoughts in my mind concerning my wife, when the devil shoots thoughts in my mind concerning my daughters, and I may see them act a certain way. I may see them do something that is contrary to what God has shown me, what they are like, what they're supposed to be. I can accept what I see, or I can accept what God told me. That's how you are, baby. God has spoken some powerful things over your life. I'm going to say it again. God has spoken some powerful things over your life. Now, it's up to me. It's up to E.J. McKenzie to, 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 to lock down, bark down, and say, I'm going to believe what God has said about me. Now, listen to this right here. This, this, this next scripture here is, is dynamite. And, 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 and it's going to help you, me, understand why I'm in the condition of state that I'm in at this present time. Proverbs chapter uh, 4, verse 23. Listen to this translation, if you will. Guard your heart above all else. Now, notice that Proverbs 23 is dealing with uh, 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 your thoughts and your heart. And now, you got to understand that your mind and your heart functions differently. See, the soul is fascinating how God has made us. Now, notice the scripture says, Love the Lord that God with all thy what? Heart. Mind, soul, strength. Why, why, why would Jesus say that if, if, if they wasn't different? They've got to be different. With all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Your soul is, 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 is the life of you. That comprises you. That's the life that causes your body to be animated. God breathed into man's nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So when the, when the breath of life touched the body, the soul came into existence, and now your body became animated. So he said, love the Lord thy God with all the heart, mind, soul, and strength. Let's look at heart and mind. Heart and mind. Now, you've got to say your emotions is a part of that, that soul as well. Your, your five senses it's locked into your body that connects, everything's connected. Your five senses, how you feel, ladies and gentlemen, determines your emotions and, and, and your affections. It, 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 it activates it, how you feel. Your emotions and your affections is activated by your five senses. Now, watch this right here. Watch this right here. This is good. So we got your heart. And you got your mind. Now, we know that your will is the gatekeeper. You probably didn't know that, but your will is the gatekeeper. Your will 
determines what will come in and what will go out. But your mind is the gatekeeper of your mind. So therefore, when a thought comes in, I can, I can will to reject that thought or I can accept that thought. Now, when you accept the thought, the moment you accept a thought that is true, it enters into the heart. It's a difference in the mind and the heart. The love of the Lord that God with all our heart, because that's where your affections and emotions is really in the heart area. So you got to love the Lord that God with all the heart, mind, soul, and strength. So when a thought enters my mind, my will say yes, my will say no. If I accept the thought, it enters into my heart. That's where faith springs. Everything springs from the heart. It's not talking about your physical heart here. It's nothing but your flesh. Nothing but flesh and blood. But listen to this scripture. This scripture is beautiful. It says, guard your heart above all else. Above all else? I got to guard my heart above all else? I guard my heart above my mind? Uh-huh. Because uh, <laughs> whatever get in there, it's going to bring, it's going to come to pass. The moment you allow anything to get in your heart, your heart is, is designed to do what the earth is designed to do. What? Bring forth what you sow into it. Bring forth what you sow into it. Notice what it says. It says, um, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It determines the course of of your life. Other words, uh, whatever thought that you have accepted as truth, the moment it entered into your heart, you just determine the course of your life, the condition of your life, the environment of your life. You just determined that, ladies and gentlemen. You did that. Not the devil, not demons, and not even God. Not even God. You determined that. The moment I accept the thought as truth, and once I accepted it as truth, the moment it entered in my heart, my disposition changed. My attitude changed. My mindset changed. Everything about me changed the moment I accepted that thing as truth, and it entered into my heart. Then my belief, and think about it, I only received it because I believed it. I only received it because I believed it. All things are possible to them that believe. You believe with your heart. You believe with your heart. Faith springs from the heart. Your destiny springs from the heart. So therefore, therefore, your mind, where your will is, operate as a gatekeeper. Yea or nay. But the problem with us, we believe the lie. And the reason we believe the lie, because we are more natural than we are spiritual. We believe what we see, hear, smell, taste, and feel before we believe what God's word says. It reveals that I'm more natural than I am spiritual. When you're more spiritual, you're not going to be moved by what people say, what people do to you, because what's true to you, nobody can do anything to me unless God give them permission. Nobody can do anything to me unless God give them permission. So therefore, if God allows somebody to come against me, therefore, and it could be my, it could be my mother, it could be my brother, my sister, nephew, niece, uncle, aunt. It could be one of my leaders in my church. It could be even my spouse, my children. Whatever the case, but if God is allowing that to happen, God got to be more real to me than my wife. 
God got to be more real to me than my mother. God got to be more real to me than my father. He got to be more real to me. And the evidence that he's more real to me when he allowed them to do something, say something that may violate me or violate my relationship with them. Uh, oh, my, not my relationship with God, my relationship with them. What is my attitude? Ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you story after story. I can tell you story after story what has happened to me, what people have done to me. And I am not bitter today. And the only reason I'm not bitter is not because I'm some superman. I just believe God. I trust God. With what people have done to me and my wife, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't want to be in relationship with absolutely no human being. I don't have nothing to do with nobody else, God. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of these people, what the case may be. No, 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 no. That means you will never make it in life. You'll never get anywhere in life. You'll never go anywhere in life. You're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Because in order for you to come to everything, you need to come to in, in this realm, you need people. Without people, we, we don't need nothing. We don't need a church. We don't need a business. We don't need anything. And you can't accomplish anything without people. Listen to another translation, that same, uh, uh, same um, chapter in verse, Proverbs uh, 4.23. This is, this is another translation. It says, be careful what you think. Now it's talking about your thinking, your thinking. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Be careful what you're thinking because your thoughts run your life. Your thoughts run your life. The thoughts that enter into your mind, that you accept it as truth, that enter into your heart, it runs your life. If the enemy bombarded your mind about somebody and you can't sleep, you can't work, I mean, you, you, you wake up with them on your mind, how could they do me this way? And how could your life has been ruined? Negatively. Negatively. And that person that running your life by the thoughts that you're thinking about them, they're sleeping good. They're sleeping good. They're probably snoring. And you all discombobulated because of what they've done, what they said, how they treated you. It's not worth it, ladies and gentlemen. Get the mind of God. Get the mind of God. And how do you handle that? Pull down strongholds. Here's another translation, that same verse. It says, guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it are the sources of life. From it are the sources of life. From it are the sources of life. The sources of life. Wherever life has been produced, it can trace back to the source or the condition of your heart. Wherever the condition of the state of my life at this time, you can trace it back to the source or the condition or the state of my heart, your heart. I can't blame no one. But E.J. McKinnon, let me get my act together. Let me get my act together. Let me surrender my all unto the Lord so the Lord can be my all in all. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. We're a kingdom, men and women of God. God's positioning you and I, that you and I will tap into and flow in the supernatural. It is God's will. But the enemy of the supernatural is the natural. The enemy of the supernatural is what you see, hear, smell, taste, and feel. That's the enemy of the supernatural. And I tell people all the time, you can do supernatural things and not be supernatural yourself. Because you got a gift. And that's how people trick and manipulate. They think you're spiritual because you, you, you use a gift. No, you're not spiritual because you use a gift. You're spiritual how you live. 
And, I, and this is this is my my thing. I look at how you handle adversity. That reveals the real you. When adversity strikes, can can you can you still be a friend of somebody that violates you? I can. I have proved it. God has put me in situations several times. Several times. I always I, 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 I talk like this. I will relate to you based on what you want. What you want, I'm here. What you don't want, I'm here. You don't want anything, fine, but I'll still be here. You want something, fine, I'm here. Isn't it amazing? Because that's exactly how God is. That's exactly how God is. God says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. I'm always here. I'm ready. I want relationship. But until you do something, I won't respond. If you, you want it, draw near. Watch me draw near to you. I'm here. I'm I, whatever. I, I, I usually I'm usually the, the one that sets the pace. I'm usually one to step out. I step out. I will give first. I will love first. I will bless first. I will forgive first. Usually, now all the time. Usually, I am. If the person don't respond, don't want it, that's fine. But I still I still position myself. I'm here. I'm here. If you want it, I'm here. I approved it. God has graced me to be a pace setter. This is this is not put, putting any brownie points on me, what the case may be. But this is how I have to work, ladies and gentlemen. We got to go beyond ourselves. We got to go beyond ourselves. Let me read this last scripture here because my time is up. Uh uh Second Corinthians four of not for Second Corinthians chapter ten verse four we are familiar with the scripture but listen to it in, in this translation everyone sees comprehends and relates according to their disposition for the weapons of our warfare and I added <laughs> that's something I added I didn't realize I put that next to the scripture there for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. That's my responsibility. Verse five. And as much as we refute, you ought to forgive me for this 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 phone uh, uh ringing here. Uh uh well I can't finish my scripture here. My phone the phone other phone interrupted me. I want to apologize for that. But I want to invite you once again to uh, this week, bring the sick, bring the oppressed, bring those that are challenged to this meeting that we're going to be having Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now, those of you that desire prophetic presbytery, you must go to the website, ejmpcc.com. You must uh, fill out the uh, form. There is a form that says, when you go to the website, that says prophetic presbytery. You must click that form, uh, click that uh, link, fill that form out, so we wouldn't know how many people we it's kind of filling up. I looked at it today, so wow, quite a few people has uh, has uh filled it out. But we would be doing prophetic presbytery at uh hour and a half before the Saturday service. The Saturday service is at four PM. And so we want to get in there and be a blessing to you. We want to serve you well uh that uh, this coming Saturday. So that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, seven thirty, Saturday at four PM and Sunday morning at ten AM. We're gonna be having Prophet Senegal, Dynamite Man of God flows in the supernatural, uh Pastor Howard Brigham, powerful man that flows in the supernatural, tremendous revivalist. Ladies and gentlemen, you will not be disappointed. I guarantee you that. 
these men of God, that God has grace uh, uh, in the body of Christ. I believe there's going to be an impartation. I believe God's going to impart the supernatural to everyone that's present, that we will come up under the blanket of that grace and of anointing that is upon these men, men and women of God. But until uh, tomorrow, tomorrow at 6, call somebody and invite them to be a part of us on tomorrow. Uh, we don't know what God's going to say. May finish this right now. This, this, it's fine that we understand how we function, your spirit, your soul, and your body. We love you guys. Appreciate you all. And we pray that the rest of your time will be blessed. God bless you.